how do you get one of those? She goes, and they asked me a couple of questions, and apparently I qualified. And five minutes later, I had the shot. So this is three days later, so I've got the first shot of the vaccine, and it's okay, I'm fine. I've just got a little twitch now and then. But apart from that, I'm fine. I'm just kind of managing that. Uh, so I came, I came back, and Porto goes, you get the chicken? Yeah, I got the chicken and also got a vaccine shot. So it's pretty, pretty good. <laughs> well, anyway, you're in a series called Culture Shift, right? Culture Shift. And, the, and, and when we talk about culture, we're not talking about ethnic culture. We're not talking about that, right? And when we talk about ethnic culture, my mum is from the Cook Islands. Anybody from the Cook Islands in the room here? I thought the, the back there. And uh, we say Kiorana. Everybody say Kiorana. Kiorana. Okay. Now, my dad, my dad is what we would say Papa'a or Pakiha. And that's the other half of me. And in fact, my great great grandmother was Scottish and my great great grandfather was English. So that would make me a Polynesian Scottish Englishman. But 100% Kiwi. 100% Kiwi. In fact, if I was an ice cream, I'll be cookies and cream. My wife will like, because my wife is full Cook Island. So she always, she always says she's fully cooked and I'm only half cooked. Half cooked. Hey, but who knows medium rare is the best way to eat your steak. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. You know, uh, when it comes to culture, it's really interesting, especially society. And, and this is what we know about, about culture and society culture, is that society say, tells us what truth is, right? That truth is relative. That truth is a matter of perspective, and each society or individual will define for themselves what truth is. The majority defines the truth. And this is what our culture is all about. The majority defines. If you remember growing up 20 years ago, truth was different. And it changes because truth is relative according to society's culture. But I'm here to tell you that there's, there's two ways to look at culture. Two ways. We can either set the culture or we can reflect the culture. You can either set the culture or you can reflect the culture. You can either be a thermostat or a thermometer. A thermometer tells you what the temperature is. A thermostat sets the temperature. And I personally believe that God has called you to be a thermostat. I personally believe that God has called you to set the culture, to bring a culture shift. And today, I want to talk about how culture handles offenses. And if you're looking for a subtitle for my message this morning, it is Utu. Utu. Turn the person next to you and say Utu. Well, just be careful when you say that too, by the way. Utu. And I'll let you know what Utu means as we go along if you don't know what that means. Because you see, there, there are some offenses that are like water off a duck's back, right? Like sometimes we get offended, but it's, you know what, you know, it, it was, we were uncomfortable at the time, but, you know, we're fine and we moved on. But there are other offenses that wound us. What do we know about wounds? Wounds don't heal overnight. And if not properly treated, a wound will never heal. In fact, a wound can kill you. So you have to be intentional about wounds and bringing healing to a wound. You have to be intentional about that. And let's face it, when it comes to emotional wounds, how many of us have been, been wounded emotionally? And if we, we are not intentional about those wounds, that wound will carry those wounds 
for the rest of our lives. And if we're not careful, it will kill us emotionally and spiritually. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, I, I forgive all the time. But how many of us hold in grudges? Because you know what culture tells us? Society cult- culture says this. It says, it says, forgiveness happens when they say sorry. Think about it. Think about the grudge. If you're holding on to a grudge, why are you holding on to the grudge? And the reason you're holding on to the grudge is because you're waiting for them to come and say that they're sorry. Because when, when they say sorry, then I'll forgive them. So today I want to talk about a young girl who was 12 years of age. And because she became a woman, she became a girl that not, not only, she wasn't only just a thermostat, but because she was able to shift culture, it will change a nation. And that's the kind of thermostat that God has called us to be, people who change a nation. And it starts, how do you change a nation? It starts with you and me. It becomes a thermostat. And this 12-year-old girl changed the nation. It's a story of forgiveness. And it's a New Zealand story. It's our story. So I'm going to take you on a bit of a journey back in time. Anybody want to go back in time? Okay, we're going to go back to the 1830s. 1830s, back when Daryl was born. Way back then. He's doing pretty good for, uh, for someone who's over 100 years old. <laughs> back, so back in the 1830s, and missionaries were invited into a Waikato tribe of Ngati Hoa. They were invited in, and they were invited in so they can teach, teach their people how to read and write. So Reverend Brown and his wife Charlotte Brown arrived for the very first time to Ngati Hoa. And as they came in, they didn't have much resources. So what they did is that they would go down to the riverbank and they started a school down by the riverbank. And they would write in the sand. And for the very first time, their students, who, who were made up of both adults and children, began to see their language articulated in written form for the very first time. In fact, it will take these students six months to learn to read and write. Six months. Māori were quick learners. When we study the history, Māori were quick learners. They learned to read and write at extraordinary speeds. They were intelligent. And quite often when I share with um, other Māori or Pacific Island students, and they say, oh, you know what, school's not really for me. And I say, do you realize that your ancestors were intelligent? Who told you that, you, that, that, that you're not suited for school? Who told you you can't learn to, to do these amazing academic achievements? For too long... Sometimes our society, we want to be a culture shift, you begin to step out. Do you, do you know what God has placed inside of your heart? And these, and here we have for the very first time, they began to write and they learned to read and write in six months. Now, the chief of this tribe, his name is Ngākuku. Ngākuku, he would go on and he'll give his heart to Jesus. And, and he will go up to Reverend Brown, Reverend Brown, I want to receive Jesus as my chief. And at the same time, his 12-year-old daughter, Taurore, everybody say Taurore. This 12-year-old daughter received Jesus as her Lord and Savior. Reverend Brown will give Ngākuku a, a translation of the Māori Gospel of Luke. Ngākuku will write his name in it and give it to his daughter. Taurori would then uh, make a kite, a flax kite, and put the Bible inside and she'll wear it around her neck because this was her tonga. It's a treasure. Tonga is a treasure. Your most prized possession, you would wear it around your neck. And her Bible was her most prized possession. In fact, Taurore was, was kind of like a child prodigy. She could, she could memorize the scripture. She, in fact, she memorized all of the book of Luke. 
And as Reverend Brown will travel, he will take Ngākuku and Taurore with them. And Ngākuku will begin to preach the gospel to other Māori tribes. And Māori began, began to re- receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior around that region. Uh, in fact, a revival began to sweep through that area. Taurore will begin to, to recite the book of Luke. And they'll say sometimes there will be about two to 300 people will be there listening to Taurore as she began to recite the book of Luke in Māori. It was incredible, and there was an incredible time of, of revival in Waikato and people receiving Jesus, but at the same time, war was in the air. Because there, were, there was this rival tribe called Te Aroa in Rotorua, and, and, war, and war had begun. And because war got so bad that Reverend Brown and his mission school had to move, and they moved over the Kamai Ranges to Tauranga. They moved there. Now, Kuka decided he was going to do the same. He was going to take the young children and head over the Kalmai Ranges where it's safe so the children won't, won't get injured. So as he traveled, he camped by the uh, Wairere Falls. He camped there for the night, and Taurore was there, and she would, she would, and you can, I can just only imagine her begin to read the book of Luke to all the kids gathered around her. That night, she went to sleep by a big tree. But what they didn't realize that just over, just over the, uh, not far from them, was a war party from Rotorua, and they spotted their fire. And just like that, they attacked their camp. Ngākuku quickly gathered up all the children, went up to up the Wairere Ranges for safety. But when he got there, he realized there was one child missing. It was his daughter, Taurore. When it was safe, he came back down. And there, lying by the tree where Taurore was, she lay dead. And her kite was ripped from her neck. Ngākuku picked up his slain daughter with tears in his eyes and carried her all the way back to his matamatapa, which is today uh, the area of Waharoa. And there was a tangi for many days. And you know what? The warriors there at the matamatapa uh, pass started to cry, Utu, 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 Utu. What does Utu mean? For many of us, if, you, if you're familiar with this term, Utu for many of us means revenge. Utu. But utu actually means more than revenge. Utu means there must be a balance. A balance needs to happen. A cost must be paid. A cost must be paid. There must be a balance. And they'll try utu, utu. So if you take a life, we take your tribe. That's the balance. That's the price that will, that's the payment of forgiveness as we take your life. And the the warriors were crying utu, utu. But Ngākuku remembered what he heard in the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 6, verse 27. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Isn't that what we do? We do that, don't we? Do we do? When was the last time you did that? Right? How easy, how easy is that scripture? Hey, it's all good, Jesus. Easy for you to say, you're God. No, not for us mere mortals. Especially if you're holding on a grudge, you definitely don't put this. If you're holding on to a grudge, think about it. Is there someone you haven't forgiven? Is there someone, is, is this, is this someone that you're not, you're not speaking with anymore? Is, how about this one? Is there someone who you've unfriended on Facebook? Oh, oh, that's going to another level. Have you ever unfriended anyone on Facebook before? Okay, no one put your hands up. And, you know, okay, conviction is coming. So the warriors were crying, Utu, Utu. And this is what Ngākuku, this is his response. In fact, Reverend Brown would, would record this. This is what Reverend Brown recorded 
what Ngakuku said to his tribe. He said, there lies my child. She has been murdered as payment for your bad conduct. But do not you rise up to obtain satisfaction for her. God will do that. Let this be the conclusion of the war with Rotorua. Let peace be now made. My heart is not sad for Taurore, but for you. You wish for teachers to come to you. They came, and now you are driving them away. You are weeping for my daughter, but I am weeping for you, for myself, and for all of us. Perhaps this murder is a sign of God's anger towards us for our sins. Turn to him. Believe, or you will perish. Put yourself in his shoes. Would you be able to say that after your child has been slain? You know, a few years back, um, me and Poro, we, we visited the site where Taurore is buried. And we were there with the, the komato Mokoro. And you can still feel the pain as he shares the story. And this is what he said. He said, I don't understand how Ngākuku could do this. Because Utu is tikanga. It's our way of life. It's our Ten Commandments. This is something that you can't just like, okay, we forgive them. That is not our way. What Ngākuku did was a culture shift. He didn't just reflect the culture. He set the culture. Let me tell you something about the kingdom culture. It is reconciliation. Reconciliation is to reconcile. Let me ask you something. Let me read the scripture to you again. But to you who are willing to listen, anyone willing to listen this morning? Think of, is anyone holding any grudges? I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who hurt you. Utu, to bring a balance. You know what Ngakuku realized? That Jesus was the Utu. That Jesus paid the price. He was the cost. Now the the warrior that had killed Taurora, his name was Uita. He's the one who led this war party. As he got back to his Rotorua pa, he's the one that ripped the kite from her neck and he rips it open, hoping to find greenstone. To his disgust, he finds a book. He couldn't read. He throws the book onto the ground into his and it's funny, but for whatever reason, he didn't touch, he just let it sit. Not long after, a returned slave by the name of Ripaho visited to him. He was on his way back, on, on his way back from up north to Otaki. Ripaho had been taught to read and write. In fact, he had become a Christian because of the missionaries up north. And he, and he spotted this book in Uita's house and he said to Uita, This book? It's a sacred book. Do you realize what you have in your house? And he goes, no. And so Uita said to him, could you read to me this book? So night after night, Ripaho would read to Uita the words of the Gospel of Luke. And Uita found that there was a special message for him in this Gospel. And this was the message that, that struck out to him, and it was this. Luke chapter 6, verse 27. But to you who are willing to listen... I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, 
Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Uwita said to Ripo, this Jesus has great mana. I've never seen mana in any man like this. And he said to Uwita, I need, I want Jesus to be my chief. But he said, before I can do this, I need to find this girl's father and ask for forgiveness. And he sends word ahead over to, to he sends words out to um, Ngakuku. But he knew the price of Utu. He knew by going to see him that his life was at stake. He knew that. But Jesus has so much shifted his heart. In fact, Reverend Brown would record the events of them meeting together. And he said that as the, the men approached one another, tears were shed and they embraced. After Uita humbled himself and repented, peace prevailed between the two men and a church was built to honor the message which brought about the reconciliation. Reverend Brown will go on to say, in the evening they were engaged together in worshiping God at their prayer meeting and were apparently on the most friendly terms. And I love what, how Reverend Brown ends the statement. He said, who but the Christian loves their enemy? See, the story of Taurore and her copy of the gospel of Luke. Ripaho will take her gospel. And as he began to head down to Otaki, he'll go from tribe to tribe telling the story of Taurore. Taking with him the gospel of Luke. All the way down, not only to, to the lower part of the North Island, but into the South Island. And as missionaries began to travel throughout the country, they were shocked to find that there were already Christians. There were already churches set up and people worshiping in the name of Jesus. Before any missionary had ever arrived, a revival began to take part within this whole country. In fact, it would say that 80 to 85%, some accounts 95% Māori come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior because of the story of Taurore, who was a thermostat, who, was, who brought about a culture shift in a nation that transformed everyone who heard about the story of Taurore. Because culture said, you know what? I will forgive only if they say sorry. Because that's what Utu is. Utu is like, is, 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 when they say sorry, I'll forgive them. Because that's, that's forgiveness with a condition. And we say, oh, well, that's just a Maori thing. No, that's not, it's a, it's a people thing. Tangata Whenua would say, the missionaries brought Christianity to this country, but it was our people who gave it to each other. But to you who are willing to listen, I say love you anyways. And team, you can, you can join me on stage. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Do you know how many of us handles this verse? In fact, this is what culture does, Right? What we do is like, oh, you know what, I'm going to say, I'm a Christian. I'm going to say sorry to that person. And then we, we come up to them and go, you know what, you did this to me and you did that to me. You did this, you did that, you did this, you did that. But you know what, I forgive you. You know what that is? We're just vomiting on someone. We use the scripture to give us the permission to vomit. There's no, there's no actual, that doesn't sound like forgiveness to me. Next time someone comes up to you and goes, look, I forgive you, but. You hear the but coming? This is what you do. You put on your raincoat, put up the umbrella, because they're about to vomit on you. Well, you know, I'll forgive them if they say sorry. Utu, with a condition. 
You know, if Jesus had waited for you to say sorry before He died for you, He would never have died. When He hung up on the cross, what did He say? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And that wasn't just for the people there because it was our sins that put Him there. And if He waited for you to say sorry, He would never have died. But He died for you anyway. Do you want to bring about a culture shift? Forgiveness and reconciliation. It's forgiveness without, a, without conditions, without utu. That's what kingdom culture looks like. That's what a culture shift looks like. You know, many people believe, many people think that they're holding on to a fence, but you're not holding on to any offense. A fence is holding on to you in the trap. You did a series like that once, right? It's a trap. This kind of takes me back to Return of the Jedi. There's some people here holding on to bitterness, onto grudges. Do not let a fence build a fence around your heart. Go and reconcile. Don't go and vomit over someone. Go and reconcile. I'm sorry. You know, Taurori died on the 19th of October, 1836. You're either going to set the culture or reflect the culture. The culture of the kingdom is reconciliation. Do not let your fence build a fence around your heart. Come on, let us pray. Father, right now, I'm praying, you know, I get a sense in my, in my heart there are people in this room. You've got a grudge with somebody, in, 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 with a daughter, with a son. You, there's just so many in, I can just get a sense of this. And, or with someone that you love, because let's face it, we, we get hurt by the people we love the most. And there's this grudge here. Father, I just pray for those people holding on to those things and it's, and it's eating them up. Lord, we just pray for your power of forgiveness to be upon them. Father, let us let go and let us reconcile. Let us go and make peace so that I forgive you. Without saying, because you did this, you did, I forgive you. Reconciliation doesn't change our past, but it changes our future. So, Father, we receive. Father, Father help us forgive ourselves to forgive them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, if, if you're here this morning and, and you've, maybe you're in this room and you've never been on a journey with God before. Maybe you've never had, uh, you never, maybe you've never been in a relationship with God before. But in here right now, you get a sense in your spirit that, that you're home. And the reason why you feel like that you're home is because your Heavenly Father is here. Your Heavenly Father is here. And you know what? He loved you so much that your Father in heaven stepped into His own creation and He binded Himself with flesh and on the cross, he died for your sins. He died for your greatest regret so that you can be free. And the only way you can receive this forgiveness is like receiving a gift. Like, you know, if you ever get a gift, how do you receive the gift? By receiving it. And the gift that He gives you is called the gift of grace. He didn't wait for you to say sorry, but He died for you anyway. Will you receive this gift of grace? 
If you're willing to leave your life of sin and follow Him, if that's you, if that's where you need to make a decision in your heart. It's not about just saying some kind of words. It's a decision point in your heart. I'm making the decision to leave my life of sin and follow you. And guess what? You won't be alone because the Holy Spirit is with you. He comes and lives with inside of you. And as you journey with Him, Holy Spirit journeys with you. So if that's you, if you're making that decision for the very first time, or maybe you're coming back, let me pray for you. So Father, I pray for those making a decision for the very first time, or those who are coming back. Thank you, Lord, that you died for their sins, to set the free, that their greatest regret has been forgiven. Thank you, Lord, that you're with them and for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you know, if you made that decision, pass me this connect card. We've got this amazing connect card. It's pretty fancy here. And at the back, there's a second box from the top. It says, I'm committing my life or recommitting my life to Jesus. If you tick that box, recommitting, and this is what I want you to do. I want you to hand this, that card to people wearing these shirts called Count Me In shirts, right? And why do we want to do that? Because they're going to give you a gift. It's called the Word of God. It's the Gospel. Read the book of Luke. Like Ngākuku did. Like Uita did. Like Taurore did. And receive the most powerful gift you can ever give get the gift of grace anyway praise god thank you so daryl excellent come on big round of applause how's that so good what a great message what a great message and so if you if you and your heart just then feel uh, have said yes to jesus right now we'd love to help you on that journey and and, and so our, our team are going to be waiting at the door with you they've got this uh, as pastor Ant said a, a packer with a bible there for you to start this journey but we'd love to be able to connect with you and help you on this journey of saying yes to Jesus. So 